Welcome to Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Sandler Training by Simon, Inc. Excited about today's show. On this show, Simon Says Let's Talk Business, we talk with high-performing business professionals to sharpen our skills, learn new ideas and concepts, share best practices, and get to know smart people. We got two smart people here today. Listen carefully, take notes, look for their contact information at the end so that you can engage with them. As always, we will conclude this show with a sales tip from yours truly. Today we've got two tremendous guests. We've got Dennis Hoffman, the president of Community Management Associates. Associates. Welcome, Dennis. Thank you. And we've got Arthur Salas, the uh, president and owner of Duluth Travel. Welcome, Arthur. Thank you, sir. Excellent stuff. All right, so let's get started with uh, with uh, talking about Dennis and your your organization, Community Management Associates. You guys manage over nine hundred associations. That is correct. My goodness, uh, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> with a lot of uh, intelligent and diligent workers, with a lot of great backroom staff and uh, yeah. an executive staff that. Uh, is top of the line in this industry. How long have you been doing this? We started in 1989 with four properties, or seven properties and four employees, and and we've gotten a little bit of growing over the last 30 years. A little bit, yeah. yeah. You're in five states, right? We're now in five states. We yeah. started here in Atlanta, and then we moved to uh, Nashville, and then into Augusta, and then into Birmingham, and now we're down in Florida. Excellent. In, in All right. 30A area. Okay. Yeah. Now, and real quick, what, is a, what does Community Management Associates actually do? Community Management Associates manages the affairs of condominium, homeowner associations, and property owner associations. We actually have two cooperatives we manage, but there are very few in the state of Georgia, but we do manage those. Okay. When you say manage, what kinds of services? We manage the affairs of the association. We assist the boards of directors in developing their budgets based upon their recorded documents that mandate the responsibilities of both the homeowners and the associations. Condominiums, it's primarily the maintenance and repair of the structures yeah. outside of the units. Okay. We deal with the landscaping contractors. We do all the things, as I like to say, that are the problems of home ownership but none of the benefits of home ownership okay <laughs> <laughs> which is probably a good thing yeah, yeah. yeah. it is for yeah. the people living in there i imagine know. so yeah uh, each of our associations are governed by a board of directors that run from three to nine people and i like to say they're the mayor we're their city manager okay. they give us guidance and we implement the guidance okay that makes sense yeah yeah so and i'm sure is my always don't like bringing this up but last six eight months we've had to right so COVID has probably impacted all this right it has impacted it, it to a degree it's impacted in the way we go about our management uh, normally prior to COVID we were we've been determined to be an essential business so we have been very fortunate we haven't had to lay anybody off we've had uh, the ability to continue to pay salaries bonuses excellent um, we have moved, closed our offices up, and people are out now working remotely. Yeah. We have an internal IT department that's 
doing a bang-up job in ensuring that everyone can access all of our software packages, the payables, the accounting information, the emails, and the whole ball of wax. But the most uh, significant advantage has been all of our associations normally mandate monthly or quarterly meetings with the boards of directors and yeah. clearly an annual meeting with all of the homeowners. Those have in the past been in person. We're doing all that now virtually. Are you? Either via Zoom or uh, conference call programs. Uh, I had a, annual, a board meeting last night over a conference call. Yeah. And it looks like that's going to become, hopefully, the new direction in our industry to get away from night meetings, which are the killers to the people in our business. Is it really? Why is it, that? Well, you go to six or eight nightly meetings a month as well as doing 40 hours. It, it really has a hamper on the life work balance that can occur. I can imagine. Yeah. Now, your managers have to have certifications or continu yes, continuing they, education, things they, like that? They, yeah. They absolutely do. In Georgia, we are governed by the Georgia Real Estate Commission, so all of our managers have to be licensed Georgia real estate professionals. Okay. Uh, CMA is a Georgia real estate corporate company. I am the qualifying broker as well as the president of CMA. We have about 125 licensed Georgia managers. Tennessee has no license requirements. Alabama has no license requirements. Florida has license requirements. And we have licensed CAMs in Florida that okay. do our business. Okay. Yeah. All right, so that's quite a that's quite an infrastructure you've got. What is, I mean, the org chart. I mean, <laughs> help, us, help us navigate this thing. What does it? I mean, what well, does it look like from a uh, staffing standpoint? Yeah. When we started in 1989, Dan Hennon and I were the founders, and we started with four employees. We've subsequently added lots of staff. We have a, a, a executive staff that consisted of CEO, COO, marketing director. Uh, we have accounting staff. We have an administrative staff. We have a director of property management, which ha all of the property managers kind of fall on. We have eight uh, division managers that have a number of managers under them. Okay. And we've sort of layered it out that way so that our company adds the ability to move up um, by assuming one of these positions when they open up and as we grow we need to have additional division managers as yeah. well as additional managers so and then these communities uh do they do they commonly have someone like you or do, so you have competition or is it uh, either use cma or don't or just do it yourself well there are a ton of competitors there's a lot of mom and pop so you know if you are yeah. a real estate brokerage company you theoretically can be a property management company um, we have uh, nationally there are over 300,000 associations with multi-million dollars millions of people living in them in Georgia I want to say we have over seven or eight thousand associations uh, My uh, and about 40% of those are probably self-managed where they you know, okay. somebody the homeowner uh, takes over and collects the fees and pays the bills and so why why would a board choose you why would they choose cma 
Well, because we're the best is well, number I mean, one. Yeah, you and I know that, but how would they know that? <laughs> well, yeah, they get it from word of mouth. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, we, we have a marketing division. Uh, we are governed by the Georgia Real Estate Commission, so we cannot go solicit someone who's under contract with another management company. Okay. So a lot of our referrals come from word of mouth of people who we do manage or some of our vendors who are attorneys who represent these associations yeah. are asked who should we get a proposal from okay and, and, and y'all are y'all are family owned and operated i mean your yeah. people are really good i mean but but how do you how do you get that message across i mean does that come from the word of mouth i mean do y'all, y'all do any kind of proactive stuff or well, yeah we do all kinds of proactive you know we yeah. have social media we have facebook we have a lincoln linkedin and we belong to uh, associations that uh, like the chamber of commerce and boma and community association institute which yeah. are the organizations of people who do the stuff we do and and word of mouth just really moves around uh, in this business okay and you've you've still you still got that family-owned small business feel but you've got the infrastructure you've got the experience you've got the reach uh, that's exactly right yeah. and every which way you can you can imagine yeah uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I would think that if I was on a board <laughs> of a community, I would want someone else what they're doing. Yeah, and and not that my competitors don't know what they're doing. We just don't think they do it quite well as well as we do it. With yeah, our but but they probably say they do. Yeah, they all say they do. Yeah, they all so that's say the thing, do. right? Yeah. So how does someone? But yeah. you know, we started with seven properties thirty years ago, and we still have four of those that are they're with us. So I do believe that we are doing. Four of the original seven are still, still with, with you. you. That's yeah. nice. We actually yeah. had one who left and then came back. Yeah? Yeah. Thought the gr- the grass was greener and the, it turns they did. out it and wasn't. And they went through about five years of trying other companies and then in turn decided, you know, what they had was probably best with us and they're back and they're still with us now. Nice. So y'all are still growing. Are you going to go into different states, more states? Or I what? don't know that we'll exceed into additional states. We're kind of centralized in the southeast. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we'd like to see our presence in Florida grow. We'd like to see our presence in Alabama grow and Tennessee and as well as in South Carolina. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the five states right yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it sounds like y'all are actually in hiring mode, right? We're constantly in hiring mode, you know. In, I can in imagine. Our, in our business, uh, you, you, it's one of those where you grow, grow, grow until you max out the capabilities of your managers, and then you have to hire additional managers as well as additional other people. So, yeah, if we have a licensee who's looking to work, please give us a call. Go on our website, cmacommunities.com, and fill out an application, and we'll be happy to talk to you. Okay, so there Thank we go. You. So not only are they looking for for uh, boards of communities to engage with, they're looking for more people to join their team at CMA, huh? That's it. That's All got right. it. Right. So again, we're talking with Dennis Hoffman with Community Management Associates, and um, if you're if you're a licensed agent and you want to check out working for these folks, right? What's the best way to get a hold of? Or Probably the best way is to go online to cmacommunities.com. Okay. And we have a, a, a icon there to submit an application for employment, and okay. it starts right there. CMACommunities.com. CMACommunities.com. How about if I was affiliated with a community and I wanted to look at someone to manage? Same place. Same request place. a proposal. It's our, our website's uh, 
I like to say we just updated it. It's a little more attractive than it was a few years looking ago. Looking good, yeah. <laughs> it's looking pretty good, so okay. check it out. So that's something like, you know, the cobbler's children have no shoes or something <laughs> yeah, like that. not quite. Yeah, so cmacommunities.com. All right, Dennis, excellent. So you, you know, I've heard great things about y'all. You take care of your people. Right? It's just a really good place to work, huh? It is absolutely a wonderful place to work. We really have had, like I say, during this pandemic, we have not had to lay anyone off. We've set up all our employees. We're just now starting to bring back some of our admins on a, a regular on a periodic schedule a couple of days a week to do in-office stuff because this is the start of our annual meeting time, which is a tremendous uh, administrative load for everyone. Yeah, so it's got Q4 is when uh, all that stuff usually yeah, takes place? place yeah. yeah. Yeah, all right. So not only do you, do you do a great job of taking care of the communities you manage, but you do a great job of taking care of the people that, that work for you. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. Which is probably related to taking care of the communities. It, really it well. all yeah. works right the yeah. way, you know. It's, yeah. You know, if, if you have a happy worker, you got a happy uh, association. And yeah. if you have a happy association, you have uh, the potential for additional happy people to come yeah. become a part of our family. You know, I, I've heard that kind of thing a lot. A lot of people like to say, you know, what we, you know, we do a great job for our customers. But really, to do a great job for your customers, it has to start with having good people who feel good about what they're doing. That's exactly right, Al. You can hit the nail on the head any yeah. better than that. That's yeah. for sure. And we believe that we do that at CMA. You know, our doors are open. There's no, uh, this hierarchy you can't get to. The walk in, talk, send an email if you have a question. Right. You know, it's, it's just wide open. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So, Dennis, again, once again, that's uh, cmacommunities.com. That's, that's the it. place. That's the right place to go. cmacommunities.com. Dennis, appreciate you being with us today. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank yeah. you, Al. Le learning about a great, great firm that takes care of associations. Awesome. Really good. All right. So, again, this is Al Simon with Sandler Training, and this, uh, this show is called Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. And today we've been talking with Dennis Hoffman, president and broker at Community Management Associates. And uh, so now we're going to talk to our second guest, Arthur Salas, president and owner of Duluth Travel. Welcome, Arthur. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. All right. So talk about business has been around a while. Your business has been around a while. Yes, we've been around for about 27 years. And you've seen things like what's happened with COVID before, right, in terms of ramifications of its effect on travel? Yes, Tell us about that. Okay. Well, when I got into the uh, travel business um, in 1994, uh, we just had the, uh, the attack, and uh, the attack was um, uh, very detrimental when we had that um, attack in 9-11. Yeah. And people weren't traveling. They weren't traveling. It took them two, three years before people travel came back because people were afraid to travel. Yes. But the only people that were traveling at that time was government. And uh, even though I was heavy in corporate and leisure, I had to switch gears. And, some, and you know, switching gears for a small business is much quicker than it is for large businesses Fortunately, because of all the is. layers. Yes. So we can adapt to the environment that we were uh, brought into. And um, I got into government travel in two 2006. We still maintain our corporate and leisure and vacation travel. But government travel seemed to be where um, I needed to focus on. And I focused on the government travel because I had, I want to tell you the story that I read, a, I saw a movie 
um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. It was with Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy goes Stewart. To Washington. Yes. And it was a very inspiring movie. And here it is, Mr. Salas Goes to Washington. Yeah. But to do work with the federal government, you had to be on their buying service and their schedule. Yes. And to be on their uh, schedule, uh, at that time, everything was just paperwork. It was all paperwork. It wasn't computerized. So it took me six, seven months before I could even get approved by the government. But I got really angry at them and because I'm one of these people who say, you know, I don't take no for an answer. No means not now. And to, to go forward, um, I just went to our senators. I started with our senators, and I have to say that uh, – Johnny Isaacson and Saxby Shambliss, who were Georgia boys, and I went to Georgia too, so I had a little connection it's with okay. them. It's okay. You can overcome that handicap yes, one day. I can yeah. Okay. Go dogs. Okay. And uh, I'm sorry for you. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to see your diploma there, Al. Okay. So, um, so, we, um, so they helped me in Washington, and I, went, um, I want to tell you a story that I went, when I went to Washington, um, I got up uh, up there about seven o'clock in the morning, and I started cruising the halls of the Rayburn Building and and the um, uh, different other congressional buildings until I found somebody that would talk to me, because I was a vet, uh, I was a small business, I was interested in doing government business, and uh, I wanted somebody just to help me try to navigate through this maze in government travel, and. Um, I was previously, many years before that time, I worked with Jimmy Carter campaign, and if people who remember this, but Jimmy Carter had peanuts, and he had these golden peanuts that I you I remember that, yes. And I was part of his uh, brigade. It was called his volunteer brigade. So I had my golden peanut, and then I also had a Republican pin. So, you know, when you go to Washington and you want to talk to people on committees, on one side of the uh, building, it's for Office of Small Business Republican side. I put my Republican pin on, and I went in there. And then uh, uh, then I went to across the hall and said Office of Small Business Democratic side, and I put my Democratic pin on there. <laughs> so I always tell Plain people. Plain both the aisle. Yeah, it was just really, that was the only time I went both ways in my life, you know, just to try <laughs> to get business in here. Hey, can that stay on the air? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, but moving forward on this, um, I, I raised uh, Kane with the government, and lo and behold, uh, they asked me to testify in front of Congress in 2005 and 2008 on the small business committees, and I was representing small business and veterans, because at that time, Desert Storm was over, yeah. and the vets were coming back, and there was Another just no help wave. from the government. Yeah, okay. But that's how I got started into this business. We still maintain our government business. We have one of the lar we're, we're the second largest uh, travel agency in Georgia. Uh, we m have been maintaining that. Um, we um, uh, do, as I said, we do corporate and we do leisure travel too, yeah. vacation travel. And you're a full service. Yes, we're full travel. service. We do everything from airlines to cruises to um, Airbnbs to whatever the people want. Yeah. But, you know, in our business, you know, I think I have the, probably the best staff ever. And, you know, they're handpicked. Uh, we have less than 100 employees, but now with the COVID, 
uh, we had to let, unfortunately, we had to let about 40% of our staff go because there's no business going on. You were telling right me now. how you were big time impacted by COVID, obviously. Yes, yeah. very much yeah. so. And, and, and travel is something that, you know, people, everyone just wants to do. It's the two things that people want to do in life, or I should say three things. You pay taxes and you travel, right? I don't want to pay taxes. Pay taxes I do want to travel. <laughs> but, but the travel industry is being hurt tremendously because oh, yeah. of this impact of the COVID. Right. Yeah. And then there's these things called online travel agencies. What's the difference between what you do and what they do? Well, online travel is really, really customer no service. If something happens, if you get on online and you book and something happens, who do you call? Yeah. You know, so the travel agency community is coming back slowly and corporations are using us more than going online now of course if you really if you're, if you're booking a to point b you know let's say atlanta new york go book online but if you're it's a more complicated itinerary then you come to us because a travel agent can handle tickets within one or two minutes when once you call to book it but you try to book online could talk you 10 15 20 minutes if you make a mistake you got to go back there's no customer service so there's an advantage using a home-based travel agency with friendly people who can help you make your travel easier and simpler you know, I am so glad you explained that to me because I never knew. I mean, but you're, it makes perfect sense. If you're going from Atlanta to New York, I mean, if you're fine. Book it online. But if you've got a, a, a more complex travel, maybe more people, maybe some kind of a group, maybe, I mean, right? I mean, it's, I mean you really, there's places where you just can't afford to be left high and dry. And that's where y'all really shine, isn't it? Yes, that's where we come in. You know, customer service, as Dennis mentioned earlier, I'm only as good as my people. Yeah. And uh, I, if I treat my people well, they're going to treat my customers better. Yeah. And you've got really good people. Very good people. They're handpicked. We have people all around the country because we handle calls from East Coast, West Coast, North and South, Guam area, you know, the Philippines. So we have to be positioned in all parts of the country. Yeah, and you have a voice for radio, that is for sure. Thank you he's very got, much. Dennis has got that low voice that he can do Just this. wait till you want me to sing here. Okay. No, <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, all right, Arthur, I am, I am um, curious because COVID is going to go away, apparently, you know, eventually. It's going to happen, right? And so travel will come back. How do you see travel changing in the future? Well, I'm going to see a lot of consolidation going on. You're going to yeah. see possibly airlines consolidating you're going to see hotelers consolidating oh, yeah. you're going to see car rental companies consolidating and you're going to see travel agencies but travel agencies is really the heart of the business travel agencies still do 40 percent of all their travel so the airlines could not do this all by themselves so for example if you did away with all travel agencies the airlines couldn't possibly handle the volume of calls because volume of calls to an airline is labor intensive because they have to have somebody answering the the phone right and if you of course you book online once you hit that submit button the ticket is yours and you and you're stuck with it right. even if you make changes and 36 percent of the people make changes in airline tickets really 36 yes. percent okay i was wondering what the what the uh percentage might be so using a travel agency and one thing the airlines won't tell you is if you use a travel agency within 24 hours if you make a mistake or you want to change your flight we you come to us and we can make it go away okay so that's a little tips little tips there say that again for the radio tips, 
tips. No, I meant that, that, that you can make it go away. You can make it go away. So yeah. you, within 24 hours, we can make the ticket disappear if you have to make a change. Okay. All right. Well, this is this is Duluth Travel we're talking about. And then what's the best way, Arthur, for that people to get a hold of you or to get well, a hold of you your can, company? You can, uh, if, you, if the people are listening want to call me and speak directly to me, I'll uh, be more than happy to speak with them. I'm going to give you a direct line, uh, 770-308. 7060 or you can call our offices at 770-813-9895 okay so let's make sure we say those those two numbers again so your direct line is 770-308-7060 correct okay and the office is 770-813-9895 correct okay how about the website probably not the best the way. website is also very good very um Interesting to get to, uh, it's www.duluthtravel.com. And I want to mention also that we're also a tour operator for Costa Rica. So if people are out there in the audience that really want a place to go to, Costa Rica is the place to go because there's more to do in Costa Rica than the Caribbean or Mexico combined. I've heard that. I've heard it's a great destination. So you can check yeah. us out on our website too. Costa Rica. All right. So, so that's www.duluthtravel.com. Yes, sir. Arthur, thanks for being with us. This is great My stuff. My pleasure. Yeah, Dennis, thank you. Thank you. Terrific. Really good. So, again, once again, this has been Simon Says Let's Talk Business with your host, Al Simon, at Sandler Training. Our guests, uh, Dennis Hoffman with Community Management Associations and Arthur Salas Associate. with Duluth Associates. Dennis Hoffman with Community Management Associates. Thank you for correcting me. Thank you. And Arthur Salas with uh, Duluth Travel. And so uh, let's talk about some sales as we, as we conclude the, this, uh, this show today. Again, Sandler Training, my organization, we do sales training, coaching, and, and consulting. Typically, our clients came to us because they were concerned about there's just no pipeline. And uh, how's the revenue, how am I going to get revenue next quarter? Or uh, they have a pipeline, but they were not closing enough of, of those opportunities. Uh, really frustrating for them. And others were closing deals, but still came to us because they felt like they had to always, you know, cut pricing, you know, in order to get business because of, of competitors that were being too aggressive. So, things like that we work on at uh, Sander Training, and and so typically each time we have a show, we ha we have uh, folks that send in questions that w we can uh, answer. And uh, by the way, if you will want, if you have a question on sales and you want to send it to me, it's Al Simon at Sandler .com. L.Simon at Sandler.com. Send me your sales or sales management question. Today's question is, how many rejections should I overcome before I move on to the next prospect? Which is another way of saying, how persistent should I be, right? But, but the thing is, this, this person is talking about rejections. How many rejections should I overcome before I move on to the next, the next prospect? Here's the thing about Rejections are sometimes, in this case, called objections. You know, people say, well, your price is too high, or i got to get three bids, or i got to take it to my boss, or take it to my committee, run it by my CPA, you know, all these kinds of things that they say. And um, in, in most sales training, they teach people, they spend a lot of time, not time and effort teaching people how to overcome objections. Like, you know, it's like almost like you become like a overcome objection ninja, right? Or, Give me your best shot, and I'm going to wipe it out of the sky. But here's the problem with that. Have you really overcome the objection, or have you just started an argument? You know, we always say that the only person who can overcome an objection is the objector. 
in their mind, it's got to be overcome, right? They've got to feel good about what they were thinking was a problem. And if they keep objecting, like in this question, how many rejections should I overcome? If they keep objecting, then maybe they really don't have enough reason to do business. Now, maybe we should uh, try to guide them through a thought process and see if they can overcome their own objection. But if they keep bringing up more objections, then it's likely that there's not enough what we call pain, right? There's not enough reason to change or to do business with you. And they're, and they're um, maybe just enjoying the interaction or getting their needs met by keeping you on the line. So, you know what? Maybe we should ask them about their priorities. Maybe we should ask them just how important is this to take care of. And it, you know what? If it doesn't make the top three or so of their, of their uh, priorities, maybe we should offer to walk away. Now, here's the thing about that, because you might be a little bit, surprised that a sales trainer would suggest you might walk away from an opportunity and and I understand that I used to be there where I didn't walk away from anything but here's the here's the thing about that if you offer to walk away from an opportunity if you say uh, you know you know Dennis it, it, it sounds like this is just not a, a, a big priority for you so why don't we just table this for I don't know what six months nine months what do you think no, 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 you don't have to you don't have to engage in this role play Dennis but I'm but if you think about the possible responses a, a prospect can have to that they might say yeah that probably makes some sense in which case they weren't going to buy from you anytime soon anyway so you'd have been wasting your time and effort with with Dennis in that situation or they might say well what you don't want my business which would give you the opportunity to say Dennis I would I would love to have your business but it's not about me you know, it's about the issues, the problems that you're trying to address that we can fix. And if it's just not that big a deal or, or what we offer isn't a good fit, why don't we just part friends and maybe pick it up again in a few months? The third possible response that you might give me is, you know what, Al, I don't want you to walk away. I want to make this work. And here's why. And then if that's the case, then all of a sudden now the objections aren't as big of a deal as getting the deal done is you see that so it's those three possibilities all by saying you know what might it might make sense Dennis for us to just go ahead and table this for a few months what do you think and that's the same that's the way you might say what we call being willing to walk away from an opportunity doesn't mean you're going to it just means you're will being willing to and it shows the prospect that and so all of a sudden the game stop and the real conversation begins and that's what we think about objections. You know, you can't overcome them. Only the prospect can, so help them do so. That's today, today's sales tip from Al Simon at Sandler Training. Once again, this has been Simon Says Let's Talk Business. Our terrific guest, Dennis Hoffman with Community Management Associates. And Arthur Salas with Duluth Travel. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being here. Everybody, good selling. <laughs>